My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. And don't forget to stick around until the end of the episode for this week's exciting book recommendation. Now, the title of, of today's show is it's a question, actually. It's, Why Do People Follow You? Why do people follow you? If you're in any leadership position whatsoever, why do people follow you? Listen to this quote. Confidence is rocket fuel for your business life. Confident people have a come-this-way charisma that generates a following. When you possess total confidence, you're willing to take risk. When you have it, you propel yourself and your team forward into the future. How powerful is that? When you have confidence, you propel yourself and your team forward into the future. And that quote's by Tim Sanders. Now, confidence is one of the the very important uh, leadership characteristics, one of the important leadership traits that we don't hear about that often. Confidence is actually one of the primary reasons that people follow certain leaders. It doesn't matter if this is a religious leader, a political leader, or even a business leader. But confidence is a very attractive trait as long as it doesn't cross the line into arrogance. People will not follow someone who doesn't know where they are going. I want to know that the person that I'm following has a clear vision and believes that we can actually get there. Think about some of the most successful leaders in history. Um, The first three I'm going to mention are from the Bible. Moses. Moses told a group of people that had been enslaved for 400 years. He said, follow me. We are going to leave Egypt And the Pharaoh and all of his armies can't stop us. That's confidence, my friends. He went up against the most powerful ruler in the world at that time. And his confidence inspired, by some estimates, a million or a million and a half people to follow him out of Egypt. The the man that succeeded Moses, Joshua, he said, I don't care how thick or how high the walls of Jericho are. We're going to take that city. This was one of the most powerful and and one of the most fortified cities in the entire area. And and, and Joshua had the confidence. He let his people know, listen, we are going to take that city. And they did. King David, before he was a king, he was a shepherd boy. And probably while he was still in his teens, he, he faced a giant, maybe as tall as seven feet or maybe even taller. And David spoke to that giant very confidently. He said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to cut off your head. And guess what? He did just that. He'd already been anointed as king. The prophet had already come and anointed David as king. But this confidence propelled him towards that goal. The victory that he gained over the giant welded his future in so many people's eyes. So many people realized then that there was something special in this young man. The, the American president, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, at the height of the Depression in the United States, in the early 30s, 
um, when when people were um, starving and, and out of work and struggling to make ends meet. Um, it was a horrible time in American history. Um, during President Roosevelt's um, inauguration speech for his, his first term, he said, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. And when, when you look back in history, he's one of the most beloved presidents in American history. Not only did he guide America through the Depression, he guided America through World War II, and, and, and the, the, the nation followed him willingly because he instilled a spirit of confidence. And then one more leader, uh, Winston Churchill. You know, sometimes when we look back on, on, on history, we, we look back because we look in, in, through our eyes today and we know what the outcome is. But you know, before the United States entered World War II, the war was in, in question. Even after America entered World War II, um, it was no definite, um, it, it wasn't a give me that the, the, the Allies were going to win the war. It was a, a long, drawn-out fight. And before the United States entered World War II, London was being bombed nightly by the Germans. England was expecting an overwhelming German invasion at any moment. Winston Churchill, the prime minister, inspired his people by his confidence. During one of his most famous speeches that was given over the radio, at the height of the German bombing, he said, We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And, and this speech is so powerful, I'm actually going to include a, a, a link um, in, in the show notes to just a short clip of it that'd be worth listening to. So I encourage you to, to check out the show notes and, and check out that link. Well, now it's your turn. What do you think? How important is confidence in the leader? I'd love to know what you think. Uh, do you feel like confidence is an important characteristic in leadership? Um, can somebody be an effective leader if they don't have this, this characteristics, this attitude of confidence? I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Go to davidspell.com, leave your comment in the comments section for today's post, and let me know what you think. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Um, I publish three blog posts a week, and uh, by subscribing, you'll ensure that you don't miss a single issue. They'll just come right into your inbox. Your email address is safe with me. I'm never going to give it or sell it. It's, 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 it's just between you and I. But, uh, but I love staying in touch with, with you, so um, if you subscribe, that's the best way for us to stay in touch. And also, by subscribing, you'll get my free uh, monthly subscribers-only newsletter. So check it out. Well, now it's time for this week's book recommendation. And this is an awesome book. I don't know if, if you're into um, theology or apologetics. And, and when we talk about apologetics, we're not talking about apologizing. Apologetics is actually a field. Um, some would even call it maybe a subset of theology. And, and what apologetics is, is it um, uh, the science or the art of, of making a case for Christianity. Um, apologetics is, is, is being able to provide an answer 
uh, being able to to answer people's arguments when they um, argue about certain points of Christianity. And it's a, a fascinating uh, a study. Apologetics has always fascinated me, even though my, my primary study has been in theology and in leadership. But this week's book is, is even though it's an apologetic book, it's one that everybody can enjoy. It's called Cold Case Christianity. And it's, uh, the subtitle is A Homicide Detective Investigates the Claims of the Gospel. And the author is J. Warner Wallace. Now, J. Warner Wallace is, is a detective in uh, LAPD. I, th- I think he's still an active detective there. He may have retired by now. But he actually was, was an atheist, um, not interested in religion at all. In fact, he actually argued against Christianity. But at some point in his life, somebody actually challenged him to investigate. They said, you're, look, you're a detective. You, you examine evidence. You, you put cases together for court. Your job is to, to bring a conviction um, for, for people that are guilty of crimes. Why don't you take your skill set, why don't you take your, the tools of your job, these investigative skills, and apply them to the claims of Christianity? Um, if, if they're false, then you'll easily disprove it. And so he actually took this person up on that bed and said, okay, I'll do that. And at the time, Wallace was actually working in a, uh, another field of detectives. He was working cold case murders. And in cold case crimes um, are, are very uh, interesting crimes to investigate because these crimes usually occurred anywhere from 10 to 20 or 30 years in the past. And you can imagine how difficult it makes to investigate a case like that because um, the, uh, the, the events occurred in the distant past. The uh, eyewitnesses in many cases have died out or una- unable to be located. Um, in so many cold cases that, uh, that I was a part of when I was a police officer, um, uh, whether I was helping in a supporting role or whatever, uh, many cases the witnesses had, had died out because the case was 20 or 25 years old, or in many cases the witnesses just couldn't be located after that, that long. And of course, after that length of time, there's little or no direct physical evidence. So a cold case investigator has to work with what they have to build their case. And, you know, there have been many, many um, successful cold cases brought to resolution with a conviction. And, uh, and uh, J. Warner Wallace talks about some of these in his book. And uh, these cases are made by examining the nature of the circumstantial evidence and then by putting together a convincing and cumulative circumstantial case. And, Warner took those same tools and applied them to the New Testament. Um, you know, the Gospels, these, these record events that occurred in the distant past. Uh, the Gospels, um, there are no living eyewitnesses to the Gospels, and there's no direct physical evidence. But yet, when we examine the, the evidence that we do have, um, Wallace is able to put together an unbelievably convincing case for Christianity. And I highly recommend Cold Case Christianity. It's a very readable, um, very interesting book. He pulls a number of cases that he's investigated in cases um, that that were part of uh, his career as a police detective. And so he uses these as examples. But 
But the, 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 the main uh, uh, force of this book is the, the powerful case that it makes for Christianity. So Cold Case Christianity, there'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Now, as we close today, can I ask for just a small favor? Would you go to iTunes and, and give us a review? Um, good reviews in iTunes are so important because they help push us higher in the ratings so we can get our content to more awesome people just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging